0: From barbecues to cricket teas and whiskey tasting to strawberry picking, the last 10 weeks have been jam-packed. We've opened a new pub, there's been lots of new dishes and we've even picked up some awards as well. And I've welcomed some extra special guests to share their knowledge with you. So in this final episode of Seasoned, I thought it was high time we looked back and celebrated what an unusual, but fantastic summer we've had on the farm and we'll take a sneak peek at what the rest of the year has in store as the nights start to draw in. My name is Tommy Banks and you're listening to Seasoned, my podcast all about life at my restaurant The Black Swan and the farm where we grow all of the ingredients. This is the story of the journey from field to fork. This is Seasoned, episode 20, The End of Summer. I know lots of you will be tuning in to find out if you're the winner of our big giveaway, our luxury meal and stay at the Black Swan. And later in the episode, I'll be revealing the name of our winner. Can't wait. But I also want to let you know that after this week, subscribers to Well Seasoned will still receive their monthly newsletter and bonus content, and we'll have another giveaway for you at the end of September too. So here we are, episode 20. I'll be honest, there was a time in the middle of summer where I really didn't think we'd get this far. It has been an absolute whirlwind. From running events at Wimbledon and Lords to the British Grand Prix, I spent a lot of the summer in London or on the motorway back and forth. Meanwhile, my family and the team in Yorkshire have been busier than ever. Opening the Abbey Inn took a monumental effort from everyone but just nine weeks ago I was able to walk you around the site as we opened our doors for the first time. Here we are, the new pub. I absolutely love this place. There's just so many memories for me as well because my first job was here, literally had my first Beers, there. I used to work as a pot wash. It was like really hard work. It always is in a kitchen and then finish my shift and sit in that corner on a sofa and have a beer and fall asleep, it was perfect. It was, I just love growing up in a restaurant. So much fun. People have been coming in and just like, it looks like it used to look, but there's this beautiful stone flag floors, all the brickwork, exposed stone, so the last thing you want to do is, is really change any of that. But there's been a lot of work in here in the last few months. My wife Charlotte and her mum have been roped in, they did like three weeks with a painting just to get it up in time. I think we've uh, had a lot of favours from a lot of friends to get ready, but it, I just think it looks great. It's a really charming pub, which was what I really wanted. The whole pub has had a total refurb and I want it to be cosy, relaxing, somewhere you can join a pint and a pork pie as well as a delicious three-course meal. And getting it open on time was a close run and very hard thing. I think we had about two hours to spare. Opening the Abbey was hard, I mean, I'd forgotten how hard it is. When we opened Roots that was really difficult and uh, I sort of thought this would be easier but it was really exhausting. I think. It's really funny, you spend your time as a chef and running businesses trying to like get everything perfect and get all your systems in place, but then when you open somewhere fresh, it's like learning to do it all over again. Um, I must admit, I have not been as tired as I've been opening this in a very, very long time, but the team have done incredibly well. It was like always, these things go to the wire. You put deadlines on things, but ultimately, whatever the deadline is, you always end up going to the deadline. Uh, but we were ready on time. Seeing the pub come alive over the last two months has been great. You've been visiting in your hundreds, filling the dining room and propping up the bar. And you've been ordering those burgers faster than we can make them. What I've loved most though is that the Abbey Inn has been able to complete the circle, providing a home for much of the produce we grow on the farm, which doesn't make it onto the menu at either Roots or the Black Swan. For the first time, we can farm animals knowing the whole nose to tail will be used, and with our quick-thinking chefs and daily specials, we can ensure that there's little to no waste coming from the farm. Our Mangalitsa pigs have been a running theme across this podcast, and earlier this season, the first ones made it onto our menu. And I had the honor of cooking and tasting them to see if all the hard work keeping them had been worthwhile. Now when you're cooking like a pork chop like this, you kind of want it a nice medium-ish, maybe a little bit more than medium. You don't want to cook it all the way through so it'll go dry. A lot of people are used to traditionally having pork in that way. Smells incredible. Like there's so much fat that just touching it, just touching the steak itself, it's covered my hand in fat. Never really seen an animal quite like this before. I don't know. Liam, when you're cooking these, you're going to have to uh, work very hard on rendering the fat I think. Oh yeah, this is, we're going to do a whole Mangalitza part of the menu. So we've got this weekend, we've got the T-bones, we've got uh, the pork chops, We've got some rump steaks, we've also got some Cumberland sausages that we've made as well. So yeah, a whole litzer part of the menu. A few more minutes and I think we're just about there. I've invited Abbey Inn head chef Charlie to taste it with me. He'll be the one cooking them after all when they inevitably fly off the shelves next week. Yeah, I think we should serve it whole on the bone.
1: Yeah, I agree, it looks mega. Do to do
0: the honors? The color of it's quite interesting, isn't it? It's just a bit darker than normal pork. Um I think the uh the cooking degree is right. The, the
2: fat's unbelievable. Mm.
0: Yeah. And it actually renders down to
2: really very little.
0: Mm. Mm. I understand it now. It's um Use the wagyu
2: of
0: the pork world. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> that fat! You actually just want to eat lumps of the fat.
2: Yeah.
0: It really is worlds apart from any other pork I've ever eaten. Those mangalitsa steaks were so popular; we sold out in just a few days. But we've been working on lots of great dishes to harness the uber tasty and abundant fat that you get with a mangalitza in fact Dickie even made me a little present last week some mangalitza meatballs elsewhere on the farm we told you about our rescue hens which are keeping the abbey and my dad topped up with eggs
2: there's a hen
3: in with these cows yeah the hens are on walk about there's these beech trees over here, they roost up there on a the night and uh, they're laying anywhere, so we're having to go all around and try and find eggs. Just like we used to when you were a lad. Yeah. Just find eggs, wait for them to cluck and see where they are. But so that's proper free range? Yeah.
0: Regular laying hens in a commercial farm have a relatively short laying life, about 18 months. And after that, well, they're not producing quite as many eggs as they once did and it doesn't make sense for a commercial farmer So they just got rid of. It's all about the economics of keeping a hen versus the price of the eggs. But on our farm, we decided to give these retired hens a new lease of life, and they seem to be loving it. So molten is when a hen stops laying, but also they they molt and they lose a lot of their feathers. And they don't look that healthy, do they? Yeah. So these ones that have come from this intensive
3: farm. Yeah, quite a few feathers lost.
0: They don't look so healthy, but once they've been you know in a nice environment for a while they start to look and behave like a normal hen again
3: but we've had hens that were you know what you might call wild hens ones that have taken to living in the trees on their own and they're, they're 10 years old no problem at all
0: yeah they just i think they just don't lay every day do they
3: no no
0: which is absolutely fine for our model of farming
3: so how many eggs are we getting at the moment oh about two dozen yeah but they, they, and it varies. Actually, this really hot weather, we've gone off a little bit. Yeah. And it does depend whether we can find them. Now, in the back of the old circumstances, it's a question of, you find a nest well, of eggs when you find them.
0: Last week, I was poaching them down at the Abbey. Uh, we were serving them with uh, some local asparagus just on the specials board and they were beautiful.
3: Oh yeah, but those were, we're bringing you the ones that we collected that morning. Yeah. So we've got just enough to put on the specials board then, really? I think that's all we've got, yeah. Yeah, because I do need four for myself every day.
0: <laughs> little confession, uh, my wife and I, did help ourselves to your eggs the other day, so sorry about that, TB. And in the middle of the season, we took you behind the scenes as we took on the challenge of shearing all of our sheep.
1: Oh, come on girls,
0: hup.
1: Go on, push, 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 push. Come on, hup, up, up. hup, 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 come on.
0: Trying to move these sheep is a challenge. If you want them to go left, they'll go right, and any chance they get, they escape.
1: Keep pushing it this way and we'll get it back in there once it goes back around the corner. Go on, Gil. Turn around. Go on, Gil, back that way. Back that way, go on. Up you go. Up you go, go on. Let's go this way. Come on.
0: Processing the sheet like this allows us to check over every single one and make sure they're healthy. All the adults get a vaccine shot along with a haircut.
1: How many are we on Anna? 32. Few to go.
0: Way back at the start of this season, I treated you all to a barbecue special, which I have to say was a lot of fun. From what fuel to use to how to get the perfect caramelization on your steak, we went through all the secrets to elevate your barbecue game. So when your barbecue is ready to cook on, you wanna see the coals glowing white. I'm using binchitan, which uh, literally translates from Japanese as white coals. So you can actually see how white these are but uh, really you don't want to be seeing any flame. Yeah, there might be a few lick up when you start cooking, but all the flame should have died down and hopefully your coals are really bright white and hot and you should be able to feel heat up here. So I've gone for an awesome bavette steak. It also gets called skirt or goose steak. So it's got three few different names if you go to the butchers. I just think it's um, an awesome cook because it's very, very cheap. So I've got two eight-ounce steaks there and they cost me seven pounds. So it's about as cheap a steak you can get. Uh, And this is effectively a muscle from the diaphragm. Um, So it's a nice thin muscle. And what you do is you cook it very rare. So it's a perfect thing to cook on a barbecue. Slice really thinly and then you can dress it in something like, I don't know, salsa verde or or chimichurri or something like that. Um, And the other thing I've done is made a miso butter. Which is basically uh, butter, brown butter. So I've uh, let it uh, caramelize a little bit and added miso to it. This is a miso that Dickie makes on the farm and it is delicious. That sound and smell, it's addictive. With this cut, because you want it quite rare, I'd actually cook it on a high heat and then rest it probably for longer than I've cooked it for and then slice it really thinly. But this miso butter will go really well with anything. I like it with fish as well on the barbecue. Use a pair of tongs to keep picking up and moving the food and keep an eye out for where the hottest bit of the barbecue is. You can rotate the different food around the grill to make sure it cooks evenly. So I think for a lot of people, they worry about getting too much color, almost burning the food on a barbecue. And the secret to not doing that is actually to make sure that your barbecue is at the right temperature before you start cooking. So the coals have died down enough so you can see that this is cooking nicely, but there's no flames, there's no smoke. But if I lift that up, You're getting a really nice colour on there. It's not black, it's not like when you see people's sausages that have been cremated, it's actually just getting a beautiful caramelisation which is all flavour. The flames lick up because I've added the fat to it, so as the butter drips off that'll set fire and I get a little bit of flame. If it's too much, which is just done because the wind's just blown, just pull it to the side, let it die out, which it will, and then just start cooking again. If you've got your barbecue set up just right, you can keep the sausages and burgers warm on the top without them suddenly overcooking. And with a bit of luck, you can serve everything all at once. There you have it, less than a tenner, steak, asparagus, easy. Juices, man. Mm -hmm. Steak, asparagus, done. And you can't stop me tucking in. Yeah, I just, there's something magical about miso butter steak fire it just tastes delicious also i think we must have cooked on open fire when we were cave people so therefore i think in our brains there's something delicious about it It just tastes incredible Mm. and the tips didn't stop there as we dedicated a whole episode to the wonderful british strawberry Look at that. That is just, I don't think anything screams summer more than a perfectly ripe strawberry and, and actually British summer. I think it's the one thing we have the very best of in the world is strawberries. And it's incredibly nice, really sweet. And you just you just want to eat them, don't you? You don't really want to do anything to them other than just eat as many as you can. But the best thing you can do is go pick your own with strawberries. Well, firstly, because you can get really good value. You can eat a few on the way around, but they tend to be the best value. You, you're buying the fruit really fresh. It doesn't really matter if you pick small ones or big ones so long as they're really ripe they're absolutely delicious whatever you get and i think like with a lot of fruit if you pick them on a nice warm day the sugars are so concentrated and they're really sweet and then you just want to take them straight home and make something with them cook them eat them and you're going to capture that flavor when you put them in the fridge it always dampens the flavor them down a little bit it's same with tomatoes or anything like that if you went to pick your own picked a nice punnet of bright ruby-red strawberries and went back and cooked with them that afternoon, you're going to get that magic seasonal moment. I remember when I was a kid, my mum would always go to pick your own and get loads of strawberries and make strawberry jam uh, for the winter. And it's, a, it's, a great, uh, it's a great way of preserving it and you really capture that flavour and con- the concentrated flavour of the, the sugars of the strawberries. Obviously, you add a lot of sugar to it. But I think like there's
3: nothing more British than a good old-fashioned trifle. Me and Dickie have been spending even
0: more time together than we usually do. We went on a site visit to Courtyard Dairy, where we got to meet owner Andy and try out some of their amazing cheeses. I loved making this episode.
2: Now then, Andy. How are we doing? You well? we right. How are we doing, Tommy? You good well, to Dickie? You. Yeah, good to you. Nice
4: to see nice you. Nice to see you again. Nice yeah.
2: to be here. Right, shall we uh, go and eat some cheese? Yeah. Right, let's go on. Smell <laughs> Yeah, so what we did is—you've been a long time since you've been. Well, not too long, but pre-pandemic. Oh, it's way, way bigger. It's this way. was a museum. Yeah, it was a museum. <laughs> so, so this is Phil, sorry, and then this is Jenny. And Jenny, Jenny's been with us for seven years. For us since. Hiya. Um, Hi, Jenny.
4: So, in the palm yeah. it's here. It's nice place here. to be. Ooh.
2: So yeah, so it was a little. Last time you came, we just had the little shop here, and just that entrance. Yeah. Then the museum, then the cafe upstairs. Then the pandemic changed everything we had to space people out more we had to close the cafe so we knocked through the walls and we put a brand new entrance in um and then we decided to double the cheese counter so a lot more cheese in here a lot more cheese to taste um, yeah it's it's absolutely i think because now it's so much bigger there's just so much to look at it's almost quite overwhelming <laughs> this we will become a restaurant so wow um so it's only gonna be open during the day but this is we're going to outsource this so we have a really great company who we work with in, in london called the cheese bar and they're going to take and run this because wow. i want to concentrate on making the cheese maturing the cheese and i want to make the whole place about cheese you know i don't want anything in here that doesn't sing for cheese that's we're not trying to become some destination other than for farm cheese and walnuts well, it's just cheese. Just spreading your yeah. mantra. Yeah, right? exactly. Yes. That's the
0: thing. <laughs> and it, it all gets a bit romantic, and I know I say it a lot, but it's like, it makes a real difference. Yeah. Like you, it's about, you want to create like a legacy, which is like all these new, supported all these cheese makers, but also
2: new ones, like you say, popping up yeah. and, and and educating people, because there's a lot of cheese eating in this country. We need to get more people eating this style of cheese, um, because it tastes really good. Like Duncan who works for us, Duncan's in his sixties, mm-hmm started working for us packing boxes, had never eaten cheese like this. You know, I you know, just works in our warehouse packing boxes. And every month, all our staff get a little bag of cheese to take home, you know, they get, they get a subscription to our club. And now it's you, probably our best customer,
5: right? You know, and so,
2: and you think that how many people out there are like Duncans who all their life have kind of, you know, gone to the supermarket, lived that kind of life. And then actually, and he's prepared, because the thing about cheese, what I love about cheese is you can get the best cheese in the world. And I'm not saying that's what we've got, but that's what we're aiming for. And it's still affordable. It is more expensive than Cathedral City, but it is still affordable. It's not like the best car in the world or the best piece of technology or the best wine. I can't afford that. But the average man can still get an amazing cheese board as a treat and sit down at home. And I think that's a nice thing. And, and we should put more emphasis on that.
0: While we were at Courtyard Dairy, Dickie and I had a friendly-ish pizza making competition, which got pretty competitive. Well, I think it's a little unfair because Dickie actually used to work in a pizza restaurant. I did. I, I think my pizza will have better flavour, put it that way.
4: Well, mine's preserved and that's where all the flavour is, so I mean...
0: But, yours probably might look better because I'm a bit scared of getting stuck to the paddle, to be honest.
4: I mean, it's going to be pretty embarrassing if I don't win, really, because, I mean, I know it's all down to flavour, but like you said, I did work in a pizza restaurant for four years, so hopefully I've got a good technique. Oh, look at the colour. I think we're ready. Oh, look at that. Are you sure it's had long enough? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you ever tried?
0: <laughs> to be fair, it looked and smelt better than I expected, but I had a few special plans of my own up my sleeve, starting with lamb fat. So, some nice Yorkshire olive oil, aka lamb fat infused with mint.
4: Hang on, isn't that classed as a preserve? What, fat? Yeah, well, like, like I made that, so it's not really fresh, is it? It was preserved last year, so I think. It's just... what? Yeah, but your your whole pizza was meant to be fresh, not preserved.
0: Howe Dickie, you've got to let me have at least one preserved ingredient. So I've got some little courgettes which I've sliced real thin and just dressed in my minty lamb fat, which I'm hoping is just going to render down and you're going to get that sort of, you know, that like lamb and sort of fresh... Cheese is a thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like people do lamb and goat's curd, like lamb and sheep's curd. Feta's nice. Feta, it? exactly. It's that sort of vibe. Yeah. So everything in here is fresh. Acidic. You're gonna finish it with lots of herbs. I'm gonna steal some whatever's in that hedgerow down there that's going on it.
5: <laughs> oh, they're both really good.
0: Mm.
5: Can I be Diggy, really diplomatic? I don't know. I um, did,
0: I,
2: diplomacy's not our strongest point. I think uh, it's the lamb fat for me but that's me because, oh.
5: because the... if i'm honest i really like yours but i think i'd go back for a second slice of that one just because oh. it is a bit oh.
4: oh no unbelievable
0: and it wasn't just dicky who used the podcast for an excuse to get away from oldstead my brother james joined me on a visit to cooper king distillery the people behind our incredible range of distillates and spirits I would say it was a memorable visit, but by the time we emerged from the whiskey tasting, it was hard to remember anything.
1: Oh, so this is a bit like walking to Dickie's okay. Palace of Preserves, isn't it? <laughs> get your noses,
0: you're
1: oh, get wow. A you go. Of go on. Oh, this my is goodness. Palace of preserves. Oh, wow. It just. It's like oak, whiskey, all these beautifully stamped casks.
0: I thought the alcohol unit we had at the farm was a potent mix, but this is something else. The air is heady and thick with, well, booze.
4: Because we're only filling 50 casks a year, we, instead of going to a a broker and just buying 50 casks from them, we would rather go and meet the people who are producing the spirit that's been in these casks first. So we went and visited small bourbon distillery. They empty their casks fresh, put them on a pallet, send them straight to us door to door.
0: So when they say BOU, is that bourbon? And then that's
4: rye. Yeah, rye yeah. whiskey. Uh, there's a yeah. Madeira there, we've got... there some
5: cognac. Cognac. Armagnac. Where's 124? Can anyone see 124?
4: Oh, is it in the other container? I
1: don't
5: know.
1: It's, oh, I found it, I oh, found you. it. Hey! Um, oh, wow, yep. look at that, that's, that's amazing.
5: So that's a 100-litre <laughs> bourbon cask, um, which came from Kentucky, and we filled that about eight months ago. So that's just at the start of its journey, but it'll be starting to take on some of those nice, sweet bourbon notes, but that probably won't be ready to bottle for another few years yet, James, so you're yeah. just gonna have to be patient with is that. It, that
1: is not is a virtue, it, virtue uh, that James uh, has. Can I taste <laughs> some now? Can we taste a little sample?
5: Yeah, why not? Wow, yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be amazing.
0: To get inside, Abby's got a tool for that. A brilliantly named tool.
5: So I'm gonna take the bung out of this cask.
4: It's quite agricultural, isn't it? You just hit it with a, <laughs> it with a hammer until it comes Nothing out. Nothing
5: technical. Well, what's
0: this tool? So it's like a long.
5: Yeah. So this is, a, this is a spirit thief. So we are literally a going spirit to thief. Spirit yeah, thief. Yeah, that's its name. Wow, yeah. oh, that is a great name. So I'm just gonna mix up spirit inside, so we get a nice even sample.
4: So that's going to be a cast strength. That's probably around fifty nine percent.
1: This this whiskey smells amazing. Well, it's not whiskey. Sorry, this 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 um, new make that's been yeah. aged for eight months. Yeah, it smells you, amazing. Us.
5: You've got loads of the character there. So that that's the that is Cooper King. You know our spirit character. Really appley, malty. You know, I'm looking. At it, it's
1: and the the new make was clear. And this has got a slight kind of just little hint of, um, gold kind of a golden thing. colour, but not like, you know, whiskey's like dark gold, isn't it? So it's just starting, you can see it starts
0: to take a little bit of the colour from the barrel.
5: Yeah, and you should be getting some of that nice vanilla coming through now from the oak. You'll be that getting some sweetness from the sort
0: of bourbon. The uh, smell I got was, was vanilla yeah. and sort of just sweet oak. I suppose you get, you're
1: imagining from a bourbon cask that vanilla is going to be one of those predominant mm. flavours. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, you're, so you're getting bourbon, isn't it?
5: Over time we might start to see some spice, some clove, and bermacass are really good for bringing sort of coconut notes as well. Yeah,
1: I get that. How is it James? Did you try it? Mm, It's absolutely amazing. (laughs) Can we (laughs)
3: bottle it
0: now? (laughs) (laughs) I hope you'll agree that this season has been packed full of flavour, and I hope it's also inspired you to try some different things at home too. From our amazing elderflower cordial, to taking on some of the advice about barbecues, to perfecting the perfect cricket tea, or having a go at Medesweet frangipan tart. I've loved seeing your emails come through, with some of the cooking triumphs, and a few disasters as well. There's been one other new element this season, and that's been my well-seasoned members club. On there, there's been a bunch of bonus recipes, extended interviews, and much more. There's a monthly newsletter, and we've been giving away some special prizes too. In June, it was a very cool Kasai grill, complete with all the tools and accessories you need, which one lucky winner walked away with. And in July, we gave away a meal and stay at the Abbey Inn. But I know most of you have been looking forward to this moment, the giveaway of our star prizes. Firstly, I've got two tickets to my home of food festival at Lord's Cricket Ground in London. I've told you lots about my food festival and everything we have in store. And the winner who will receive complimentary tickets and get to meet me and all the fellow chefs down there and have lunch prepared by my head chefs, Callum and Will, is... Jack Yates! Congratulations Jack, and I can't wait to see you at Lord's in September. For everyone else there's still tickets available the festival is on september the 9th and 10th and i promise you'll have an absolutely fantastic time so come on down and see what all the fuss is about now there's one more prize and this one i can't quite believe we're giving away We've got a very special VIP package, which we've never done before at the Black Swan. Our winners will enjoy a trip up to Old Said, a tour of the farm and the garden, a trip foraging with me and Dickie, and then a few hours to relax in your room before enjoying a delicious tasting menu. And after a good night's sleep, we've got our famous breakfast to enjoy before you head home. It's going to be a really special prize and we cannot wait to welcome our visitors up for this unique experience. So, the moment of truth. Our winners are Victoria Welton. Amazing, congratulations, Victoria. I really cannot wait to welcome you up to Oldstead. I want to say a massive thank you to all of our subscribers. It's the first time we've done anything like this and it's helped to make sure the podcast ran throughout the summer. We love that so many of you are enjoying the updates from life here in Oldstead. Keep subscribing though, because while the podcast is taking a break for a few weeks, we'll still be sending out the newsletter and some seasonal recipes just for well-seasoned members. And we have got a brand new giveaway in September too with a fantastic old said hamper topped up with produce for some of our favorite suppliers including Cooper King and Courtyard Dairy. Thanks again to everyone for listening. I'm going to find a spare table outside the Abbey Inn for a well-earned pint. Have an incredible last few weeks of summer and Seasoned will hopefully be back for a brand new
3: season in the autumn.